Hey, welcome to Wicked and Grim. I'm Ben. And I'm Nicole. We want to take a moment and tell you about a new podcast that we started. A lot of you know Jacko from our Halloween week episodes, and he is the host of our new show called Fearful. It focuses on creepy stories like urban legends, paranormal tales, mysteries, and even some true crime. Season one has just released and is currently available for you to check out wherever you listen to your podcasts. So check it out and give it a review. We appreciate all your support. And as always, stay wicked. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Crimes come in all shapes and sizes. Some can be as benign as jaywalking across a street or little excess noise past certain hours in a suburb. From there, things can escalate, from vehicular speeding to theft and all the way up to murder. Today, a crime is committed that isn't on the extreme end of the list. A music store in the 70s called the Hi-Fi Store was robbed, but it did quickly escalate from there. Where it does get worse, is when the store's employees are held hostage in the store's basement and made to do horrendous things before being killed in front of one another. This is the case known as the Hi-Fi Murders. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. A little bit of celebration today, hey? Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear our ad at the beginning? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Yeah. Um, I heard it. <laughs> I think you did because you were a part of it. <laughs> it was a good ad. It was. Um, Fearful. The new podcast that we started is officially out. It's launched. Season one is live. Wow. That's awesome. That feels good. It does. It was a lot of work too. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, if you guys want to check it out, that'd be appreciated. Yeah. Search Fearful. The, the just the uh, Spotify link will be in the description. Yeah. Most of you guys are on Spotify who listen to us. So we'll provide that link below. Give it a search. Yeah. If you can't find it, let us know. But um, yeah, with the link, that should help. Yeah. What are you drinking today? <laughs> oh, I, just, I just realized you got a cup You're actually going to ask me that right now. That's like something I really don't want to share. <laughs> Why? What is it? <laughs> it's kind of gross, actually. Well, it's not terrible, but it's like a greens drink. Like there's a whole bunch of greens in powder form with like some gut health stuff in there. Like it's like, it's basically like the healthiest possible drink you can be drinking. So it's nasty as fuck is what you're saying. It's not nasty for greens. It's like pretty good, but it's quite thick. It's like black in color almost. 
it looks pretty gnarly. <laughs> Anytime I wash your cups, it's always like a guessing game on what the fuck was in it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just supposed to be good for like gut health and energy and stuff. So, well, you know, that, that, that's good. I'm a basic bitch that believes in that shit. Hey, so, hey, take care of yourself. There you go. You're a basic bitch drinking your greens. I'm a basic bro <laughs> drinking my beer. Hey, oh, I was going to say your craft beer, but I don't really think that's considered craft beer, is it? No, no, it's not. Although it is very popular in Vancouver. At least it used to be. Yeah. Because, yeah. It's it, kind of, it's hipster, but it's not really craft. No, it's a small brewery. But, uh, yeah, it's, if anyone knows in the British Columbia or maybe even Alberta area, um, caribou, caribou beer. Yeah. Brewed right here in Prince George where we live. And it's a little bit on the cheaper side than like craft beer, like less expensive. Oh, definitely. So I'll like splurge sometimes, get my craft. And then like, this is my, what I call a grocery beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, enough of, uh, beer and gut health. (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty much on the opposite of spectrums right now. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, But let's thank our patrons. Let's do it. Okay. So starting with patrons who signed up this previous week to go support us over there, we have Caitlin Merling, Lindsay Burns, Monica Weston, Nikki Rasmussen, Angela Esquibble. I hope I said her name right. Uh, Olivia Loveless and Kelly Epps. Thank you so much for signing up. We really appreciate that. What a list. Thank you so freaking much. Um, if you guys want to join over there, links below. Go yeah. for it. There's a lot of juicy links below. There is. You know, new podcast, Patreon. What else? Um, there's also going to be like Instagram. Yep. Okay. I was just making sure. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. All that good stuff is below. We just recently started website, using Twitter probably. again. So websites there for sure. Boom. Uh, all the good stuff down below. Check it out. You can uh, find a lot of cool things down there for our podcast and our mm-hmm. show. If not, though, you're here and we appreciate that. So that's cool, too. Yeah. Should we get on with the case? Should we do this? I think so. You ready? Let's do it. I've actually heard of this case. Not that I could say I know much about it, but I had the title for once actually rings a bell. Well, are you able to say anything that you know about it? Or is it just kind of like, hey, this rings a bell and like, just I can't that. remember what it is. Okay. So. I mean, as you go through, things might dawn on me, but um, the title was definitely, I was like, oh, okay, this is a bigger case. I feel like. It is a bit of a bigger case for sure. Um, Yeah. And it's kind of uh, brutal in a sense of what some of the people had to go through. That's a big part of this. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Because there's a lot of nasty motherfuckers in this world. Oh, there, there certainly is people who do shortage, brutal things. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is uh, no exception to that case because yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's do it. So it starts on April 22nd, 1974. This goes back to Ogden, Utah, where the Hi-Fi audio store was about to close for the day. Now, Stanley Walker was 20 years old and Michelle Ainsley was 18. They were the only two employees on the shift at the time. They were preparing to finish up at the store for the day, which was located on 2309 Washington Boulevard. So the store, the Hi-Fi store, consisted of home audio equipment like speakers. I mean, this is the 70s, so record players, stacks of records lined the walls. Okay. Um, all the sort of stuff for popular music of the era, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, it probably would have been a popular store. Yeah, I'm thinking like HMV of the early 2000s, 90s for me growing up with all the yeah. CDs everywhere. Yep. Uh, wow, I just dated myself. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, this one had records. So- Uh, The two employees were cleaning up, getting ready to close the store, and just before they're ready to close shop and lock the doors, something unexpected happened. 
some men entered the store. Some men entered the store brandishing handguns. Oh, shit. Yeah, eh? and pointing them right directly in the face of the young workers. That's terrifying. Yep. Now, two workers were staring down the barrel of these guns. It was something quite literally out of a nightmare, but they kept their cool as best that they could. Mm-hmm. However... It's unfortunate, though, they wouldn't be the only ones involved. Amidst the robbery just beginning to happen, 16-year-old Courtney Nesbitt would unknowingly stumble into the robbery in progress. Oh, shit. Like as a customer? Not as a customer. So a little bit of the backstory here. Courtney was uh, running some errands earlier around town. Okay. uh, And he was friends with Stanley, who worked at the store. Okay. So he was like, hey, I'm running some errands around town. Do you mind if I'm just like park in the store's parking lot? Because like parking's tough sometimes, right? Right. So like, can I just use the store parking lot and like walk around, do my errands and come back, grab my car and sort of thing. Okay. So he got permission to do so. And he was just returning from his errands and he went to enter inside the store to thank his friend and express the gratitude for being allowed to park oh. in the car spot. And he entered the store and was greeted not with the usual friendly atmosphere, but instead with the sight of his friend standing still as the robbers brandished the gun in his face. Brutal. That is just one of those moments where it's just really just the most shittiest timing kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Like you're really just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. That's pretty much the gist of that. Because, yeah, he could have just parked somewhere else and then, you know, wouldn't have to deal with what we're about to hear. Well, and even if he was just like... Hey, thanks for letting me park here. I'm going to go do my errands. I'll take off and I'll leave you be instead of bothering you again. Oh, instead of being nice and thanking again. Oh, right. But instead, instead of popping in his car and taking off, he went back in to see his friend again for a second time to say thank you. Yeah. And that's what caught him in the situation. Dang. So the men, of course, quickly noticed him entering the store and of course, quickly apprehended him as well. So now they had three hostages, if you will, or victims. Mm -hmm. And they took the three of them and directed them down to the basement of the store. Once they were there, each were forced to lay down on the ground on their stomachs and they began to tie them up, binding their hands and feet together. Jeez. As the three were being bound in the store, the robbers were looking through the store's stock. Time was ticking by. They needed to figure out what exactly they were going to do, right? They're clearly here to rob the store. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of keeping an eye out through the whole process. Now, it was also during this that time was beginning to, like I say, tick by. And Stanley should have been home by now from work. And Courtney was also expected to be home by now. But for some reason, it seemed the errands were taking a little too long. So concerned for their children's safety, Stanley's father, Orrin Walker, and Courtney's mother, Carol Nesbitt, would each separately go out in search of their own kids. Okay, they were on it, hey? They were. And now remember, this is the 70s too, because this is before social media. This is before cell phones. So you can't just be like, hey, I'm going to send you a text or I'm going to Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat you. It's uh, no, if you want to get a hold of someone, you actually have to go out and physically track them down. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Carol, let's start with her, would make her way to the hi-fi shop as she knew her son, Courtney, had probably made his way there to see his friend Stanley. Now, she parked a car at the rear of the store, of course, seeing her son's car there too. Right, yep. 
She entered through the back of the store. I'm assuming by this point, she's probably pretty familiar with the staff because her friends there lots. She knew to go there. So I'm sure she's been in and out quite a bit. She was on a mission and I'm pretty sure it was with an angry mother's intent because she just kind of like barged in looking for her son and of course looking for an explanation being like what the fuck why are you out here supposed to be doing errands now you're just chilling at the the record store right <laughs> so she flung the back door open and walked into the shop she was met instantly with one of the robbers and a oh. gun pointed directly in her face and he shouted what are you doing here man and without missing a beat even with the gun in her face she replied i'm checking on my son what's going on here seriously like she was just like on a mission hey like yeah. get the fuck out of my way yeah a gun in her face and she's like what the fuck are you doing wow so, props to her because i probably would have wet myself in that situation yeah i know you almost feel like your instinct would well i don't know like turn around and leave but like then your son's also in there so you yeah. gotta get your shit together and, and to be fair like it, it could have been shock as well that put that sort of facade on yeah so she's not even realizing like what is in her face right now she's just got someone like back talking to her and she's just like well where's my son before well, yeah. she even notices that it's a gun you know because she knows her son is in there and yeah. yeah yeah but regardless of why or how this played out she did that and that is awesome in my opinion yeah so props to her for for that um so with this more of the robbers came running uh up the stairs seconds later and they would take carol downstairs um to where her son was bound laying on the floor dang it so she did not get away she did not so courtney when his mother walked in upstairs immediately recognized his mom's voice oh. um and then she would be forced downstairs she would see her son laying on the floor she too would be forced on the floor and bound um they never spoke a word to each other as they laid ne next to each other dang no they i mean and that would be such a feeling for courtney because like i think he'd be kind of relieved like well, like my mom's here, like maybe she can help me. Yeah. But then also like, shit, now my mom's in the same situation. Like it would be such mixed emotions. It would be because especially it's like my mom's here because of me, not because of him. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but like she's, she's here searching for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not in any way, shape or form Courtney's fault. I want no. to clarify that. No. But it's like, she's here because I'm here. Yeah. So Stanley's father, Oren, would find himself in the very same situation. He would go to the store in search of his son, who was supposed to have closed up shift and be home by now, and was greeted again with a gun in his face, was then led to the basement, was then thrown on the floor, and tied up just Jeez. like the rest. It's surprising to me that the that they kind of come, they get in there, and they're met with the, because there's only two robbers, right? Like that it's not startling to these robbers that, that these people are coming in or that the doors aren't locked and like. I haven't actually said how many robbers there oh. are. Oh, shit. Okay. And I, I, I did that on purpose. However, since you asked, I will explain and divulge a little bit of that information. There are reportedly a total of six robbers. Holy shit. Two of which are dealing with the vehicles outside the two vans that had pulled up two of which who are dealing with moving equipment from out of the store into the vans and two of which that are holding the guns and holding the hostages captive 
Okay, that's a lot of people then. Yes. So I w- I'll be talking about that a little bit later on, but that is the primary information on it. But I'll be talking about that a little bit later on. So now these six robbers had a total of five captives and they decided not only to rob the place, but they needed to ensure they got rid of any witness that they had. And this is where things get dark. So one of the men was pacing the basement with all their captive laying on the floor in front of him. And after a few moments, he grabbed a jug and began pouring a cup of mysterious blue liquid. He approached the mother, Carol, and said, we're going to have a little cocktail party. Then he proceeded to force the drink down her throat, force the contents that he claimed was just a mix of vodka and sleeping pills. He pulled her hair back and forced it in her mouth and forced her to drink. Immediately with this touching her tongue, she began to gag and cough on the liquid as it was spewing from her mouth and nose. It left her lying on the floor, desperately gasping for air. The reason for her violent reaction was she was just forced to drink a cup of Drano. Yep. Okay. That is ringing a bell. That is brutal. Yeah, it is. Oh. So Drano, just for a little background on this product, it contains several harsh chemicals, which include lye, aluminum, salt, bleach, sodium nitrate, and of course, a plethora of others. The lye being a very primary ingredient, which rapidly dissolves organic material. Holy shit. It is what makes Drano Drano because it dissolves things like hair in your pipes, for example. So it will dissolve, dissolve organic material like hair, grease, and skin cells. Wow. It's essentially an or an an acid for organic material. Hmm. So one by one, the robber began to force his hostages to drink the Drano. He walked back to the bottle, filled up the cup, and approached his next victim and forced it down their gullet. Oh gosh, does that, I don't even know like if that would kill you it like quick like I don't know. Okay, I'm just keep listening here. Those those is terrible visuals here. Yeah, it's it's not fun, I'm sure. Um so he time and time again forced the liquid upon them and the Drano would cause excruciatingly severe pain for each of them. Mm-hmm. The fumes alone were enough to be burning their eyes and the chemicals were causing were causing severe blistering bleeding and convulsions in the victims oh my gosh their mouths tongues and throats were just being burned and melted they were bleeding and violently vomiting in the process unhappy with the fact that the chemical was being regurgitated the robber then decided he was going to pour the chemical in their mouth holy shit and then tape their mouth shut ensuring no liquid would escape. Okay. I was not expecting that. Okay. No. Who the, the shit like thinks about this kind of stuff and like then also is a monster to go and do it. Yeah. Uh, douche canoes for sure. Yeah. I mean, worse than that, really. This, that is just. Beyond monstrous. It's, it's, I feel like that would just be kind of almost on like the top of like terrible ways to die yeah 
Well, his attempt to tape their mouths closed was unsuccessful. Um, primarily because the skin around their mouths had all melted and peeled Holy away. Holy shit. Leaving their raw flesh exposed and the tape refused to stick to the wet surface on their face. Oh, I can't. Okay. That's, that is too much. Wow. The robber wasn't happy. What he wanted for his captives in the basement was to pass out as a result of the chemical and basically die in their sleep. Oh, okay. This isn't happening. That's not even close to what this Drano is doing to him. Well, yeah. Did they? So they just literally thought that they would like consume this and then like be out and that's it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that is like really stupid. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie with lie to you. It, it's very stupid. They had reason to think this though. Okay. Which I'll get into later. Because I feel like that's not how I would have imagined this to occur. No, no, me so. either. Um, no, they were just hoping for like an easy, quiet death so they could just rob the place and move on. But here they are with people like vomiting, convulsing, Gosh. throwing, like screaming, and it's brutal. Yeah. Um, this wasn't easy or quiet in any shape or form. No. It was loud, messy, and since they were vomiting so much, I mean, of course, it's not even going to kill them at all because it's not staying in their system. So during this whole time, the robbers were in and out of the store upstairs, loading the vehicle. Um, they were up and down the stairs, also debating with the others downstairs um, what they were exactly going to be doing. In the whole process, they were wiping down any fingerprints that they were leaving behind robbing the store as well. By now, they clearly intended to have dealt with their hostage situation. Mm -hmm. But it's not going so hot. So out of frustration... One of the men grabbed this gun and proceeded to shoot Carol and Courtney, both the mother and son, mm -hmm. execution style in the back of the head. Okay. Just like, I'm going to just get this done kind of thing. Yes. Was probably what was going through this motherfucker's mind. Exactly. Stanley Walker was next to be shot in the head and Oren Walker would follow the father and son. The bullet, however, missed Oren on the first shot, so he was shot a second time. One of the men then focused on Michelle Ainsley, the store's 18-year-old employee. He grabbed her and forced her into a far corner of the dimly lit basement and forced her at gunpoint to remove her clothing. Oh my gosh, is she the only one left at this point then? Uh, yes. Seriously? Okay, this is terrifying for her. Here, the man would sexually assault her and rape her. And when he was done, he'd drug her, still nude, back over to where the other hostages lay. He lifted the gun towards her head. And as he did, Michelle said, quote, I am too young to die. Right before he pulled the trigger, shooting her in the head, killing her. Jeez. Holy, these people are just monsters. Isn't that fucking disgusting? Yep. Yep. I can't believe, like, we do a lot of these cases, like a lot of true crime with a lot of brutal things. And it just baffles me every time how people can be capable of these fucking things. Yeah, it is actually, it's very mind blowing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And... Like it's, I don't know, like it's unre, like it's not even reasonable. Like, or not, this might be the wrong word, but like they could have literally just have tied them up down there and done their thing and left. Yeah. Like, and is, like worn masks or something so that they weren't ident- identifiable. Right. Like, what does a ski mask cost? Yeah. Right. Like, back in the 70s, that probably would have been like a dollar or less, probably. You can probably find a ski mask at the dollar store today in the right season mm-hmm. for a dollar. Yeah. But instead, they had to, like, take all these people's lives. And the fact, too, like, they should – I mean, if they wanted this, like, quick death, it's interesting that they didn't just shoot them in the head to begin with. But – Well, they were wanting to avoid anything loud. Loud, or, like bull – okay, like a gunshot. Yeah. Okay. Which is – showcased in this next part because after he had shot Michelle, uh, he had actually noticed that Oren was still alive. The previous, the guy who had previously been missed and then shot the second time. Yeah. Uh, the second shot had actually only really grazed him. Uh, so they decided they were going to choke him out using a piece of wire. So the man then straddled him, tried strangling him and again was unsuccessful in killing him. Wow. He sure has, like, that's a will to live, hey? Yeah. Uh, Next, two of the men decided they had an idea on how to finally take care of him. Maybe, like, I don't know. This is just, like, so inhumane. Like, I mean, none of it is – oh, gosh, okay. I don't even want to know if I want to know. Well, this is – I mean – of course, the, the Drano is bad, but this is arguably one of the more inhumane things, if not the inhumane thing, too. It's up there with the Drano. Let's put it that way. Um, they laid Oren on his side, took a ballpoint pen, and stuck it point side down in his ear. Holy shit. Then one of the men stood back and stomped down with all his weight onto the pen, sending it straight through his oh. eardrum, and it stuck out through the side of his throat. Wow. Okay. That is fucked. Yeah. Like, it is. excuse my French, but what the actual. Right? Researching this, I, I, my jaw was like dropped. Yeah. And sorry, who is he one of the workers or is he the dad or who is he? He's again? the dad. The dad. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. Did that kill him then? I don't even think it would have. We'll move on here. I'll, They're just I'll, torturing the shit out of him. I'll let you know. Finally, having dealt with their hostages, all the men finished loading their vehicle with the stolen property and then would drive away. It would be several hours later, almost three hours in fact, that the victims would be discovered. Oren's wife and their other son made their way to the store looking for him. They heard some noises coming from inside the building when they realized someone was in there and something was wrong. Most likely, it was Oren hearing their footsteps outside, trying to get attention. Still alive. Doing what they could, they managed to break down the door of the store and made their way into the basement. Police were immediately called, and they found the horrendous scene in the basement. Everyone was left for dead, but miraculously, Carol 
and Courtney, along with Oren, were all still alive. Seriously? Yes. Holy, that's shocking. Carol, unfortunately, though, would be pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Courtney, though, who was also expected to find the same fate as his mother, did survive. Wow. Though was left with severe, irreparable brain damage, he would spend a total of 266 days in the hospital. Oh my gosh. Oren was found with the ballpoint pen still lodged in his ear. He would survive and would be left scarred from the intensive burns in his mouth and, of course, the damage from the pen. And he was shot twice, too, right? Missed the first time, grazed the second. That is shocking to me that he, like, survived. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. By every account, he should be dead. No kidding. Huh. It wouldn't take long for the story of the horrific crime to make the news in the local area. Which, I mean, understandably, something this fucking horrendous. Mm -hmm. How can people not be talking about it? Yeah, that would be all over the news. Uh, Yeah. Um, And, of course investigation going full-fledged forward trying to figure out who the hell could be capable of this Mm -hmm. and who did it well that would be just terrifying to know that these people are like out and about still right could you could you imagine hearing that happening in your town right now wherever you're from i don't care if it's a big city like fucking new york or a little tiny town like hickson which is just outside of where we're from when it's got like 500 people Mm mm-hmm can you imagine hearing that, saying that, yeah, this just happened? Yeah, you. I feel like you would definitely spend a bit of extra time, like, checking over your shoulder and just, like, a little uneasy, for sure. Definitely. And, like, don't get me wrong. I understand that in, like, New York, shit, crazy shit happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But this is bad. Yeah. Tell, tell me that people were forced to drink Drano and someone stomped a ballpoint pen into a man's yeah. head and then he continued to survive and you're not going to sit here and go, what the fuck? Like this is actual just to think that this is capable of other humans doing this terrible of stuff to, to other people is mind blowing. Yeah. Because it is one thing. Don't get me wrong. It's still horrendous, but it's one thing to pull the trigger on a gun and kill a person mm-hmm. because- the gun is doing the damage. You mean you're causing the gun to do it. You're still taking a life. Fucking horrific. But stomping a pen into mm-hmm. someone's head. After you forcefully already made them consume Drano and watch the effects of that. Yeah. And you're still like in this mindset to just keep destroying and torturing them. Yeah. Oh. A gun takes an instant, a split second. It's over. What he's doing with this situation of the Drano plus the pen plus trying to strangle and shoot him in the process. How many times did he have to think about it? How many times did he have this man's life in his fucking hands? Right. I forgot about the strangling too. Goodness. This poor, these, oh, okay. But then, and then his son died though too, right? So he's like survived all this and his son still died. Correct. Which is, I don't know. Well, as horrific this is, like I said, it started to make news rather quickly. And luckily for police, only hours after the news broke, they had an anonymous phone call come in. Okay. It was from an employee at the local Air Force. So according to their statement, another fellow employee at the Air Force had told them a couple months ago that the man by the name, the employee who said this apparently was Mm -hmm. William Andrews. And he said this, one of these days I'm going to rob that hi-fi shop. And if anybody gets in the way, I'm going to kill him. 
And he, who was this? Sorry, he was a what? He was employed at the Air Force. Really? The local Air Force. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So someone from the Air Force called in and said, yeah, someone I work with said this to me a couple months ago. Wow. To even say that out loud to anyone. Yeah. And then lo and behold, here a couple months later, the store is robbed and people died. Seems a little convenient. No kidding. Little sus. Um, it was, of course, an interesting lead for sure. But the statement like that, it's not necessarily anything without evidence to back it up, mm -hmm. right? Because, I mean, sure, someone can say that. Someone could literally even intend it. People if, say weird shit all the time. Yeah, but e even if he intended to do it, even if he says, yes, I'm going to do this, who's to say someone else didn't do it before him? Yeah. Where's the proof to say he it. did it? Yeah, exactly. So you need evidence to go along with it. This is where the police would find their second stroke of luck. Only a couple hours after they received that phone call, another one came in. And it was with the evidence they needed. Two teenage boys just so happened to be dumpster diving near the Air Force base. And while doing so, they managed to find wallets and purses that contained the ID of the victims from the Hi-Fi store. So during the robbery, the men had stolen not only the store's stock, but the victim's personal belongings as well, and then clearly dumped it in the dumpster. Jeez, right where they probably expected to find something. Exactly. So now you have someone saying, mm -hmm. this employee here said he was going to do it. Oh, by the way, in the same spot is evidence from yeah. the fucking robbery. Wow. That is, that's, they probably did not expect it like that to find that sort of evidence that right off the get-go, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, so detectives, of course, went out right away. Um, and when they arrived in the scene, they began to start pulling things out of the dumpster and a crowd started to gather rather quickly of in Air Force Base mm -hmm. employees. Mm -hmm. So being smart, this is actually genius. These guys won an award for their geniusness on this later on. Um, but the detectives knew that the men responsible were likely in the crowd watching the dumpster evidence being pulled oh out. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is, I'm getting excited here. They're like thinking shit through. Yeah. So as they're pulling evidence out of the, the dumpster, mm -hmm. this crowd is gathering and the detectives are like, I guarantee you the fuckers are watching us right here, right now. Wow. They're in this fucking crowd. So they made a show of it. Using a pair of tongs, they pulled pieces of evidence from the dumpster one by one, holding them high in the air and making a very big dramatic scene about it trying to build up as much tension as they could. So all the while they were watching the crowd during this, they're watching each employee very closely. Apparently, most of the personnel who had gathered stood rather still and watched with relative silence and attentiveness, except for two men who were pacing rather frequently. Seriously? Yeah. Hey, that... I don't know why I don't think I would have. Ex okay. Well, this is probably why I'm not like a homicide person, but like, or investigator is that I wouldn't have expected the people to be in the crowd for some reason, but it makes so much sense. It does. Well, they say a lot of the time, like they return to the scene of the crime sort of yeah. thing. And this is probably that portion of it. Yeah. So those two men were men by the name of William Andrews, which is already the one who was called in mm -hmm. and Dale Selby Pierre. Now, one of the men 
um, like I said, was already identified. And because of all the stuff that was going on, the phone call, the evidence, their strange behavior, they were able to get a search warrant to quickly search the barracks that they were staying in on the property. Wow. And of course, the search for evidence continued. Mm -hmm. Police would find a couple of interesting things. One being flyers for the hi-fi shop, which it doesn't say a lot, but it's an interesting piece, right? Mm -hmm. And the other was a rental agreement for a storage unit under the name of Dale Selby Pierre. Upon searching said storage unit, they found all the stolen yep. equipment from the hi-fi shop, which would later be identified via serial numbers. So in that unit, they also found one more thing. What? A half full bottle of Drano. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Why? I'm surprised that they would have kept the Drano. Yeah. In the storage unit like that. I agree. Probably because it ha they figured it had like evidence or like murder DNA weapons or evidence on there. Yeah. yeah. So now they had um, this Pierre guy, a Dale, I guess I'll call him Dale, Dale Selby. I don't know if that's his full name, the two names, or if it's, but I'll, I'll just call him Dale. So they had Dale attached to the storage locker holding it all. And they had the other guy, um, shoot, what's his name? William. William attached to the evidence and possibly actually being called in from, you know, the robbery slash killing anyone who gets in my way. Yeah, who's kind of already admitted that he was planning this to someone. Yeah. So both men look suspicious and both men are officially linked to it. Mm -hmm. um, so this was far enough evidence for both of them and they were immediately arrested. Now, thankfully, shortly after, one of them would talk and give up a getaway driver by the name of Keith Roberts, who was also apprehended. With all the evidence collected against the three men, they were charged with first-degree murder and aggravated robbery. A joint trial would take place on October 15, 1974, in Farrington, Utah. During the trial, they found that both Dale and William intended to rob and kill anyone they encountered in the hi-fi store. In the months leading up to the robbery, they had been looking for ways to kill people quietly. Oh, jeez. So they had repeatedly watched a film called Magnum Force from 1973. Okay, because I was just like, how back then would you... I mean, now people will probably like Google it, which is so fucked up. Yeah, but back then it was movies. It was Hollywood. Movies, Okay. So Magnum Force in the movie depicts a sex worker being forced to drink Drano. And as a result, she immediately drops dead. Oh my gosh. Really? That's how it just like showed in the movies. There was no suffering, like just like. Well, I didn't, I don't, I'm not going to claim I've actually seen the movie myself, but reportedly that's how it goes down. So they were like, oh, this is just easy and cheap. Drano's cheap. Like, yep. let's just do this. Exactly. So that's what they thought. Well, we'll just make them drink Drano and it'll be just done and easy. However, that is clearly not the reality of the situation, no. how it works. I mean, even if you just step back to think about that for a fucking minute. <laughs> yeah. You would know. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be dumb enough to do something like this, I'm pretty sure you'd be dumb enough to believe something like that. That's true. But I'm just like, gosh, I'm not like the brightest with things. Like sometimes common sense stuff I like don't always get right away. And, but I get this. I'm getting. <laughs> so what you're saying is even you understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I just burned myself. Yeah, you did really bad. 
Um, okay, so moving on though, um, on November 16th, 1974, Dale and William were found guilty on all charges, while Keith Roberts was guilty of only the robbery, as reportedly he was only the getaway driver in the vehicle. Oh, okay. So he was sentenced to five years to life in jail and would eventually be paroled in 1987. The other two, Dale and William, mm -hmm. they were sentenced to death. So just wait, just to clarify, they're the ones that were doing like the torture to the victims then? Like um, they were allegedly those two? I, I, I've got it written down here. I'm going to explain okay. it all right okay. now. Okay. So this is the last little bit. Um, so it's, of course, you know, a win that we have these three men convicted. Mm -hmm. um, however, the official police report states six men, as I already talked about, um, were involved driving two vans. Um, two remained in the cars. Two loaded the vans with products. Mm -hmm. Dale and William were the ones who tortured and killed the victims. Okay. Um, detectives reported that, quote, William was the brains behind the whole ordeal. The one who organized it. Dale was the enforcer. Hmm. So, so they're the sick bastards. Yes. Only, only half the people involved um, were reportedly caught. Um, but at the very least, it is the two responsible for the heinous acts against like the victims and everything. They are, as you put it, the sick bastards. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that is the hi-fi murders. Hmm. I'm surprised that the other three names didn't get that those other people that they, they held them. So am I actually it, like, really? I was kind of intrigued on that. I kind of maybe want to do a bit more of a deeper dive on how Keith was, um, his name was brought up and why they didn't bring up the other names. Mm -hmm. So sentenced to death. Yes. Are they dead? They are. Okay. Um, Courtney who was shot in the head mm -hmm. and survived. Mm -hmm. He unfortunately would later pass away. Um, but he, did outlive those two men. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, that is... Oh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the yogurt shop murders case that we did, where it's just mm -hmm. like people... They burned that place down though, didn't they? I think so, yeah. But I mean, and that one I doesn't necessarily like a robbery. I'm... I don't know. I mean, I guess this store would have a lot of like equipment that they could potentially sell for money. It's just interesting choice if you're doing it for money or I mean just the, a lot of the high-end equipment in there yeah record players and big speakers and stuff and it yes. was a lot more expensive back in the 70s too for that equipment right I guess yeah and like you look at speakers and stuff now you can go to Walmart and get like a Bluetooth speaker for 50 bucks but no we're talking like big like high-tech amplifier type speakers that they're they're not cheap or at least they weren't back in their day. And good stuff nowadays still isn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I'm just surprised. Like this whole, this whole case is surprising me. Just the, the, how brutal it is. And like, could they not have just gone and broken in and done all this shit later, you know? Like. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just seems so uh, unnecessary. Like very. It does. Like you say though, why didn't they just wear a mask? force these two workers into a freaking closet, start stealing stuff. More people come along, keep forcing them into a closet. They don't see your identity. You're wearing a mask, yeah. steal the shit and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to rob something, some, a place, but then to also be like doing all these murders and that the same, that's next level. Disgusting. Yeah. 
completely unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, wow. I'm not saying that murdering sometimes is necessary. No, that's definitely not what I mean. But um, escalating it like that, like why? Mm-hmm. You could still have everything that you wanted and it's just not necessary. Yeah. In any way, shape or form. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I knew very, I knew very little about that. I think the main thing that I had remembered was the, the, the consuming of the something. Drano. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the pen? Do you remember that one? Ring a bell? No, actually. No, no. I can't imagine how that would feel. Cause I'm pretty sure oh. like the pen, if you think about it, going in an ear and having to stick out the side of someone's throat, it would have had to turn sideways and gone downwards from his ear down to that same side of his throat. Yeah. I mean, he probably didn't, I can't imagine that he could hear out of that ear after. No. But or maybe I, it did go all the way through to the other side and it would have gone in a weird angle. I have no idea. I'm just hoping Either way. that he was like in shock and at that stage and like maybe didn't feel all the pain <laughs> that would have been endured. Oh man. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. I really hope, like you say, he, he didn't feel at all. Shock would, uh, would help. Mm-hmm. Brutal. That yeah. is a brutal one. Um, in, in the trial actually, or in the one with the pen in his ear, he would be a crucial part of the testimony as well. So he would take stand and he would speak against them. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's one of the ultimate, I just feel like fuck you moments. Like Ultimate fuck you moments for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When one of the victims is the one who puts those perpetrators away. Yeah. Fucking love it. Yeah. Best yeah. ever. That is so good. Yeah. Well, well done. Thank you. That would have been an interesting one to research for sure. It was. Took me a little longer than normal. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Like when there's the more victims and more like assholes. like <laughs> More assholes. Well, yeah. upwards of six assholes in this one. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot but of assholes. Three of them just like live in their life. Yeah. You have to, you have to wonder if the four of them knew to the extent of what was going on downstairs or like what the plan was, you know, well, I kind of hope, I feel like I want to not think they did, but I'm going to assume at the very least the getaway drivers didn't because they're out in the vehicle. They have no idea what even inside even looks like. They're just ready in the vehicle at all times. Yeah. The guys stealing the equipment, maybe. But they probably, like the getaway drivers co- still could have known the plan was to murder them and stuff though. Most likely because clearly they shared that plan with who no- fucking just coworkers months ago, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm going to kill people that night. Whoever I fucking run into. Oh, that coworker too. You have to be like, I mean, in no way, shape or form is this his fault. But then later hearing that you would be like, oh my gosh, like he was being serious. Like almost, I wish I would have reported this or something. Yeah. But what do you do in, in reporting something like that? Uh, yeah. You would almost feel weird. And I don't even think they, they might not even take you seriously. Oh, exactly. my coworker was just like joking around and like said that he was going to do this. Yeah. And the guy's like, I didn't say that. Yeah. Now it's your word against his on hypotheticals that have not come to fruition or anything. Nothing's going to be, nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah. He really probably couldn't have done anything. No. So. Dang. Yeah. But I mean, maybe if he did say something, maybe they wouldn't have taken it seriously and like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. But at the very least, maybe it would have stopped him from doing it. Scared him off from doing it because now the authorities know, have heard of this plan. Yeah. So it's so hard to say. Oh, geez. Hmm. Okay. So more of the story, like just find a parking spot downtown. <laughs> no, moral of the story is don't be a dick. 
That's, yeah. that's, that's always the moral of the story when it comes it, to true crime. It Don't is. be a dick. But then I also just feel so bad for that one guy that like really didn't need to be there. I mean, I feel bad for them all, but you know what I mean. Well, all of them. The two, all of them. The two employees were just leaving. Yeah. The friend Shit. just popped in to say thanks. The mother and father were just, just coming checking and checking in kid. for their kids. Like. <sighs> it's all because those guys were just fucking assholes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. Just brutal. Just, yeah. Well, like Just, I said, yeah. moral of the story, don't be a dick. Don't um, be a dick. But you guys can be awesome and continue listening. Give us support. Go give us a rating. Check out our links below. Check out the other podcasts the that we podcast. have. Fearful. Um, being that it is a new podcast, if you give it a search, it might be a little difficult to find right away. So give it a little bit of a scroll. See if you can find it. Um, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. We appreciate all the support. If not, we'll just maybe see you next time. And even if you're here, after the case is already done and we're rambling, we appreciate that too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> we can ramble on a long time. <laughs> but we try and save the rambling afterwards, uh, right? Rather than like an intro rambling, so. Yeah. So until next week. Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.